Starting today's episode of the Sports Pen with maybe a hint of frustration. I'm going to tell you why. Tanner Hoops with you on ESPN, UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette, Ryan Steig for the Mining Journal in studio with me. How's it going for you today? Not bad, but still uh, snowing. That's it's flurries outside. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how long it lasts. Though I mean, <laughs> it lasted like briefly today and then it started up again so we'll see if it keeps going well i tell you what i went out for a nice lunch at the delft and there was a movie on the screen and it has been bugging me all day because i i know what movie it is and i can't think of the name of it it's the one where reese witherspoon goes to harvard law What's oh, the name legally of that movie? Blonde? That's what it is. I kept thinking pretty in pink, and I knew that was wrong because she she dresses like like pink version of Hillary Clinton's closet. You know, it's like I I could not <laughs> figure out the for the life of me that movie, and that's been frustrating me all afternoon. So thank you for coming along. I needed that. that I needed that. Th- that's what I'm here for. <laughs> These little tidbits like that. <laughs> that talking sports and what have you. I'm also frustrated. I'm on like I'm really into super mario here these last few weeks what's oh, a great game yeah, i've been playing it a lot here lately kind of addicted and there's three levels i like, just can't solve for the life of me like your nintendo switch is that what you got going no on i got the app on my phone oh, okay yeah, and okay. i i cannot figure out how to beat these i can figure out how to beat one of them i just can't do it the other two i don't think are possible i'm okay. just convinced now and that's a little frustrating but you know someone will solve that problem for well, me someday well Super Mario, there's a lot of tough levels there. I mean, like mm-hmm. all the games. Like at the very beginning, there's this one stage that it t- the very first Super Mario, it took me forever to get past this one. It's one where you have to leap up and climb on mushrooms mm-hmm. and then fly at the same time, but the gap was so large. So I had to learn how to master flying in addition to leaping at the same time. It probably took me two weeks to fully <laughs> grasp it, but I was able to pull it off. But there's always one stage, you know, that can flummox you. and uh, you know, But that's true of any game. You know, it's not just Mario Brothers. I like challenges. It's just, it's been five weeks. I've been stuck on these three levels. And, you know, to your point with flying and leaping, what have you, at the same time, it's easier when you switch to Yoshi, especially oh, yeah. the blue Yoshi. I don't know why. But, I don't know. I don't know what Yoshi is, but I think he has wings. He's a dinosaur. Is he really? Yeah. Does he have wings? Or am I thinking of something else? I think, well... It kind of looks like he has wings. I can't tell. He jumps really well. A little bit. Yeah, I think he he has wings. Okay. I I haven't played Mario in a while. Wing dinosaur. There were dinosaurs that flew. There were dinosaurs that flew. Pterodactyls. Well, maybe that's secretly what he is. (laughs) I mean, it's like one of those, you know, like... It's a creature that you know what it is, but maybe it's like a slightly different version of no. what it is. Okay. No. We'll go with that. Yeah. Well, we open the show with nonsense. Let's continue on to something well, a little more fri- sports well, related. it is Friday. It is Friday, and we still have the funnies to look mm-hmm. forward to. Mm-hmm. But let's update the greatest movie of all time bracket. We are through the baseball quarterfinal round. We had three really good matchups from yesterday's voting and one that was kind of a blowout. Here was a good one. The Sandlot squeaks by 42, 52% to 48. The Sandlot is moving on. Benchwarmers, 56% to 44, defeats Angels in the outfield. Bull Durham got knocked out. Happy about it. Field of Dreams, 73% to 27, knocks out Bull Durham. And Moneyball, 57% to 43, gets by Rookie of the Year. That was a little surprising. I think pe- I would thought people had more of a soft spot for uh, for rookie of the year, but you think so? Yeah, I mean it's better than Angels. Angels in the Outfield is a terrible movie, <laughs> and so is the Bench Warmer. So I was just a- <laughs> oh, it's a great movie. It's it's two terrible movies. I love that movie. Oh, awful! One awful. of my favorites. 
I tell you what, uh, we know the baseball semifinals. Here's the final quarterfinal round we have to get through, and it's in the miscellaneous bracket. So these are the matchups you can vote on this evening. Rocky against Cinderella Man. Dodgeball or Happy Gilmore. Those are two good ones. Caddyshack or Cool Runnings. And Jerry Maguire against Invictus. Okay, so those a are the four of, matchups. A couple of those aren't even close. <laughs> <laughs> we know how Ryan's voting in a few of these. Oh, I tell you what, uh, we are getting closer. After tonight, we'll be down to the final 16 through the four brackets, and we're going to find out what the greatest movie of all time is. I tell you what, we got through that. Let's get to athletics. Uh, real hey, athletics. That technically, that's athletics. Well, yeah, technically. <laughs> uh, I'm talking Northern Michigan athletics because it's a big day for Northern Michigan. Lacrosse is finally home. The women are going to get going a little less than an hour from now inside the Superior Dome. You've got hockey welcoming Bowling Green tonight. That game will get going at 7.07. And then the women will open up the NCAA tournament at 9.30 tonight, 8.30 local time down in Springfield, Missouri. Big day for Northern, huh? And Northern swimming, of course. Ah, they're swimming as well. They're in the NCAA championships going on. So Absolutely. Trying to win some individual events going on there. Um, they've been Northern swimming has been pretty successful the last couple of years there, mm-hmm. so could rack up some awards there. You got, and of course the big ones are basketball and hockey. But lacrosse, uh, they're one and three to start the year. Um, I know the record may be a little uh, deceiving, though. They're actually a significantly better team than they have been. So it, uh, if you're going out and you want to catch something before you catch hockey tonight that's the reason they rescheduled the game so you can do like a back-to-back thing uh you know it should be a fun day and plus it is snowing outside so you're inside the spirit dome so there's a there's a good thing there too and then you've got hockey so you can hit the back-to-back and you know i want to get to hockey out but i know we can do a whole segment on that so let's let's start with women's basketball they get going tonight against ashland a team that they just played a little over a week ago in the conference championship game, the 4-5 matchup in the Midwest region. Tell me about that matchup. What are we expecting? Anything different from Ashland than what they've seen already this year? Okay, quickly, though, Tyler Markle did point out to us on Twitter that Yoshi is a raptor. A raptor? Yeah. I could see it. You know, he kind of looks like a green version of the Toronto raptor, I guess. Yes, and raptors have been now maybe proven that they used to fly. So there you go. Is that right? Well, they used to have feathers on them did they really they, yeah wow that's the scientists are saying now they had feathers and maybe could have flown so there you go well there you go that's yeah, not, that would explain yoshi quite a bit there that that's not it? quite stat of the day I've got, <laughs> a, I've got a stat of the day in mind but that's pretty close yeah so, so he's a raptor okay. there you go all right good uh, but back to basketball <laughs> I, it was just on twitter i felt i had to point it out so um yeah it's uh they get ashland a team that they've faced twice already this year and the first one didn't really go all that well. The second one, they came really close to pulling the upset and winning the GLIAC tournament. The thing that I think has kind of flummoxed them the first two times is the fact that there was such a quick turnaround. In the press conference on Tuesday, Troy Matson said that they didn't get a whole lot of time to prepare for Ashland. You know, the first time around, it was a Saturday game, and they were traveling on Friday, so they didn't get a whole lot of practice time to prepare for Ashland. And then in the GLIAC tournament, it was even worse because... You know, they were playing Grand Valley on Saturday, pulled the upset, but then had to play Ashland on Sunday. It's a huge turnaround. You don't have a whole lot of time to fix stuff. You're playing pretty much two different teams. You know, Grand Valley is talented in their own way, and Ashland is basically a high-scoring offensive firepower, you know. 
And but Northern was able to slow it down, held them to just over sixty points. Um, the question is, can they do it again? I think they have a better chance of winning this time mm. than they do than they did in the Gleak tournament, simply because it went from Saturday to Sunday. This time they've had three days to prepare for, and that's what Troy was happy about. Is when you have like half a week to you know watch film practice your schemes and you know tweak your defense a little bit you know prepare for what ashton could be bringing new to the table it uh you know you have that opportunity in that practice time and i think uh that will pay off for them they face you know much closer to the second matchup i think they could maybe do it again well, i tell you what if they can get through that regional i mean that's that's a big time feather in their cap when you have to get by ashland who wins the gliac tournament and then you've got undefeated drury who's hosting the tournament likely in the second round yeah and uh but if there's one thing about the wildcats is they don't shy away from nope, anybody they don't they, um, you know they don't they don't tend to wilt under pressure they don't tend to get shaken too much by you know what might be seen as more talented competition they're they're they use that clamp down defense, and although that offense is really frustrating because they struggle to even hit the seventy mark, and sometimes, you know, they they're just so good defensively they can hold good offenses well below what they could, and they did that to Ashland, they did that to Grand Valley. I mean, it's I think they could maybe get through this part of the bracket, but they. They have to score. That's the key. <laughs> it's like you can play as good defense as you possibly can, but you gotta score. You know, it's like Northern relies so heavily on its D that if they their idea is if they can get to sixty, you know, that's all gonna be enough. And it's like not always going to be the case. Yeah, you worked against Ashland this last time. You almost beat them, but they've also had a week to prepare for you, and they know what's gonna expect this time. So. They got to get their offense going, especially if they play against Drury because they haven't played them at all this year, mm-hmm. so they don't know what to expect. So, it's a uh, it's an interesting bracket for them. I think there's a possibility they can get through it, but uh, they've got to find some offense. They can't just focus on D. I tell you what, a win tonight will give Troy Matson his most ever in a single season while the head coach at Northern. He's got 22 right now. He's done that three times during his tenure as the Wildcats head coach. He's told me, though, this is his best defensive team that he's ever had at Northern Michigan. So where would it be fair to say that this team ranks among teams at a larger scale? Is this the best defensive team in the GLIAC, the Midwest region, in all of Division Two? Where do you think this team ranks? I would say they're definitely in the GLIAC, possibly in the region. Yeah. Um, I don't know about all of Division Two because I'm not familiar with every, right. <laughs> every Division Two team, but you could definitely make the case that in the Midwest they're probably the best. They're definitely the best in the GLIAC. I mean, they just can clamp down on teams and really throw them off their game. And even if they start off bad, they can... You know, I mean, they started off down 11 to 11-0 to Grand Valley and then turned around and won it in the Gleick semifinals. So if, even if they start off slow, they can kick it into gear and do what they're supposed to do. So they're they're just really good, and I, I'm i honestly shocked of how defensively sound they were. I thought they'd be pretty good this year, but just I, I don't know exactly what he's doing that makes it so effective, but, you know, it's... It works for him. What can you say? Ryan Stieg from the Mining Journal with us. Also the beat writer for the Northern Michigan hockey team. And that's why I would feel remiss if we tried to fit hockey analysis in before the next break. We'll save that for the next one and spend some extended time on that. 
Uh, instead, for the last couple of minutes of the segment, which is stupider? The NFL's decision to only suspend Kareem Hunt for eight games or the new rules that the MLB is implementing? Why don't we go through the rules just so uh, <laughs> so we can make that comparison? Let, let's let the listeners know oh, what the boy. rules are. Well, I hate how they're doing this three batter minimum for pitchers. I hate that because baseball is such a strategy game, and I get it. It throws a new strategy wrinkle in there. Like, y- you have to, uh, you know, try to play the matchups, uh, looking three batters ahead now instead of one. I don't like that personally. Uh, baseball's even gone as far to say that they have specific rules and penalties implemented if a pitcher tries to fake an injury to get out of having to pitch to three batters in a row. But I don't like this from a strategy aspect, and I don't consider myself a baseball purist because I think there's ways we can improve the game and some that they have, but I hate what they're doing, and I I get why they're doing it. You know, they don't want to have to make fans sit there and go through calls to the bullpen, and they want to speed the game up by having less pitchers into it. But if I'm paying for a ticket to go to a ballpark, I love baseball, and I'm there because I want to be there for three hours. I want to sit in a beautiful ballpark and watch a game that I love for three hours. I don't want to be robbed of that, to be robbed of that experience. And from a managerial standpoint, I just don't like that. You don't get the same... uh, same implementations for a batter. Like you can't say that you're going to only have to bat three righties in a row or three lefties in a row. So why would you do that with the pitcher other than you're just trying to speed the game up? I don't like it in that sense. That's my biggest gripe with baseball. You you want to pay money to watch three hours of baseball? Absolutely. I love being at a ballpark. I could spend all day at a ballpark or an arena or something. Absolutely. I want, I want to get my money's worth. <laughs> I think baseball games are far too long than they need to be. And I actually support the three batter thing. No. Because I, I hate the strategy that Manders go through. Here, we're going to bring this guy into the pen. We're going to face this lefty guy. And then we're going to pull him so we can have this other guy. It's so stupid. I hate, It's like, I used to be such a huge baseball fan. And I still am my own way. But it's like, the older I get... The more I look at it, I'm like, this is a remarkably stupid thing that they're doing. I don't, you know, there are so many unwritten rules that don't make any sense. You have, but it's just, I mean, if I'm going to pay money, I don't want to be there for three hours watching some guy on a bench sit there and be like, you know, this guy, uh, he bats a different uh, left-handed swing here. I think we need to bring a new guy because I don't have enough faith in the guy who's actually pitching that he can get this one guy out. we got to make sure we get some other guy to face this when guy. When did you turn into Joe Pesci? <laughs> I just, it's an impression I go to when something's stupid. It, uh, it, just, it's, it doesn't, I just don't get it. It's like you're showing in your athlete that you have playing that you don't think he's good enough to get this guy out for no reason whatsoever other than he bats with a different hand dominance or like he might, he's a scrappier hitter and his speed might affect it no you have the guy on the mound see what he can do you know it just i just don't understand why you, why you would do that to your guy who you're just like, nope, you're not good enough. (laughs) (laughs) Because analytics and split stats are becoming more of a thing in baseball. And we have these numbers that we didn't necessarily have before where a guy has a certain average or a certain ERA against righties versus lefties. And coaches, managers fighting for their jobs want to use that. They have this 
available to them. It's you know the same thing as replay. We have all this available to us. Why aren't we going to use it? Well, now we have all these split stats available to us, and we're not giving these managers the chance to use it to its full potential. And, you know, I get it. You don't want to see a guy warming up or whatever, spending your time at a baseball game. I don't think of it that way. I, I think of it as I'm in a place where so many great athletes have graced this this building. They have been here, and I'm just kind of embracing how, you know, Mike Trout's been in this building and done his thing and done phenomenal stuff. Or Joe Maurer has smacked home runs before, like, 2010 in this building or whatever. I just, that's that's how I feel about it. And that's why I like having baseball the way it is, not shortened up. I don't know. I just, I, I am very passionate about things. I, I embrace change. I love change. And I don't understand the whole, I mean, even if you have analytics and you have all these stats, there's no guarantee that that's how it's going to end up. No, but it gives you a better chance. <laughs> it's, you know, but think of it. Do you really rely on statistics in any other point in your life and any other decision do you make? Some people do. That's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, that's a little tough, but baseball baseball can allow for its own thing. If you want to hear some good news, though, Twins scored 12 runs today. Just went final in a split squad spring training game. Split squad games are really weird, too. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they, they scored 12, though. Team I mean, I know, I mean, I know it's trying to get in as many games as you can, but it's just weird. Because if you're a fan going to spring training, what if you get, like, the JV squad? Yeah. Is that the game you get? You know, all the stars are in the one game, and you get, like, the prospects. I mean, wow. <laughs> there was money well spent. <laughs> uh, bad news for the Twins' JV squad, though. They gave up nine. Scored 12, but gave up nine to Baltimore. But they teed off on a guy who's never going to see the opening day roster. So, always flying out of the yard. I guess that's something. That's something. <laughs> uh, we we're, get... we're searching for positives. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Stieg is in the studio with us. We didn't get to Kareem Hunt before the break. We'll save him for the back half of the show. We break down the hockey series this weekend with Bowling Green next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Thank you for being with us. Northern Michigan Hockey gets set to open up the semifinal round of the WCHA tournament this evening, taking on third-seeded Bowling Green. Two teams that are about even in every way possible means they're going to sweep, right? No. <laughs> As I was telling you before the show, everything is screaming that this is going to go three games. Mm-hmm. It, uh, the stats are even. The There's a rivalry there. Grandpa Tony said it's becoming a rivalry. I'm, I'm not sure I'd go that far. It's, it's interesting that they faced each other the last two years in the playoffs, but uh, um, it's, they're e- they split their four games. I mean, it would be one thing if like one went 3-1 and one or went 4-0. and oh, Then maybe you could look at it and say like it's going to be two games. But when a team splits it, and neither team swept it like at home or away. Each team won one at the, both sites. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, you want to say sweep, you know, maybe in Northern's favor? I just don't see it. I think... I don't even know who to predict on who's going to win the series. I know it's I, in my predict it's going to go three, but as far, it's kind of a toss up because going even into last year, I thought Northern had the advantage. I thought it was going to go three, but I thought it was like a clear advantage. Whereas Bowling Green fought its way back and did it again on Sunday before Loggins hit the game winner. So it's 
I don't know. It's hard to really predict one, but I think it's going to go three. Did it surprise you that all the quarterfinal series resulted in sweeps that we knew the semifinal matchups by Saturday night? That was a little odd. I thought maybe Bemidji would steal a game against Lake State. I thought maybe Tech could get one against Bowling Green. Um, I thought Mankato was going to roll over Huntsville. And I thought, you know, that NMU should be able to handle Fairbanks. But uh, Tech just got walloped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the games wasn't even, that cl- wasn't even close. They just got pounded. And then... But Lake State took care of business against Bemidji. I thought Bemidji was a good enough team to maybe get a win in Sault Ste. Marie, but the Lakers stood tall. They did what they were supposed to do, and uh, now they got to face Mankato. If if there was a team that could upset Mankato and get to the championship game, I'd probably put it on Lake State just because mm-hmm. they're playing a lot better. And they beat Mankato in Mankato yep. once already this year, so they have probably the best chance. Okay, I like that. Tell me about Bowling Green, because it's been a few weeks since we've seen them. It's been a long time since they came here. Tell me what to expect from that. Refresh our memory. Uh, you're going to get a lot of, there's going to be a lot of hard hits. Mm-hmm. Bowling Green is not about speed. They're really about clamp down defense and slowing. They're really emphasizing slowing the game down. That's just kind of Bergeron's m- mantra there. And it's going to be interesting on Northern reacts that Northern loves to use its speed. They love to improvise on the ice. They love to create flashy goals which i think sometimes actually hurts them because i think they're looking for the perfect shot instead of just shooting it at the net (laughs) like there's a couple times during a game where i'll just be like you know a guy will have an angle and he'll send it somewhere else and they'll just be like dude why didn't you shoot that you know there's a good chance you could have made it but it's like they're looking for like a like a tic-tac-toe kind of play like you're looking for like an espn top 10 play kind of thing instead of just taking advantage of the opportunity they got better at that at the start of the year it was really bad but uh i don't know it's can northern handle bowling greens d and can bowling greens d adapt to northern style and uh obviously bowling green won the first game in ohio northern came back beat them then Bowling Green won in overtime up here. Then Northern came back and beat them. I mean, all the games were close, so you're not going to see <laughs> you're not going to see any blowouts this week. And you're probably going to see some three-two games, some two-one games, maybe a four-three-one if you're lucky. <laughs> you know, where there's a little more offense, but uh, it's it's going to be very very close. And uh, buy that third game ticket just as a precaution. <laughs> If you're planning on going Friday and Saturday, you might want to buy the Sunday one just in case. Because you'll probably need it. Let's put it that way. Well, I tell you what, I will be there tonight, but as a fan, I won't be joining you in the media box. I'll be there as a spectator. I'll be with my family. They were kind enough to come up from Iowa. It's the first time I've seen them in a few months, and we're all going to the game together. My grandparents came over from Fergus Falls, Minnesota. We're all spending the weekend together, all going to go to the game tonight. My 72-year-old grandmother turned 73 here in a couple of months, and it will be her first ever hockey game this evening, and I know she can't wait to see some hard hits maybe some blood and teeth knocked out huh blood and teeth yeah why not i know you can't fight in college hockey but on a scale of one to ten how physical should this series be so i can let grandma know 
Oh, you ain't gonna see. She ain't gonna see no blood and teeth. Oh, think. <laughs> come on, man! Come on, don't don't hype it up too much. <laughs> She's gonna have fun, but don't make it sound like it's gonna be like some magnificent experience. Like <laughs> I, I hyped up my grandmother too. She's not some sadist that wants to see people fuck. Okay, just clarify. Just that. clarify. Okay. That. You're not gonna see that. You're gonna see probably some scuffles a little bit. You're gonna, you know, because it's just. Grant likes to call it a rivalry. I'm still not seeing it, but maybe they, you know, the players see it that way. Um, some stats also. Uh, I forgot to bring up Bowling Green is second in the nation in team defense. They're mm. second in the penalty kill, and they're ninth in te- in total offense. Mm. So you're not getting just a good defensive team. You're getting a good offensive team, though. Now Bowling Green doesn't have like the superstars that you might see some teams, like maybe Mankato has, or they don't have Loggins and Rockwood and like the name players that stick out in people's mind. Mm-hmm. On a side note, North, uh, Loggins is a, is a finalist for Offensive Player of the Year now. Yep. So there's Congrats. that. Yep. But uh, you know, you're gonna s- Bowling Green is just good. There's a lot of guys who can contribute. There's not one or two stars. You're going to see a lot of guys who have 20 points and can just move the puck efficiently. So it's going to be close. I don't think, sorry to your grandmother, you're not going to see any blood and teeth. <laughs> but you're going to see some good hits. Okay. Um, it's going to get some intense at times. It's going to be like... I'd say you're probably going to see a game more like Friday, mm. you know, against Alaska where it's like you're going to see... Chippy. It's going to be chippy. You're going to see, uh, you know, a goal's going to be scored, but in the back of your mind, be like, okay, they're going to tie it up, that kind of a thing. It's not going to be like build and build and build. And then, you know, I don't know if it's going to go into double overtime, which, to be honest to me, that was pretty surprising mm-hmm. it went to double overtime because <laughs> Northern had to come back and play a lot better in the third period to be able to pull it off. But, uh yeah, it's it's going to be good. I think she'll have fun. Yeah, you know, if 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 she loves violence, she's probably not gonna, <laughs> probably not going to get what she wants. But she's going to get some entertaining hockey. I know the Wildcats are amped for it. They, you know, the players knew they could have put away Bowling Green last year, just like they could have put away Huntsville in the first round by winning on Saturday, and they didn't let it happen. They let it happen. Sorry, and then. The players said after Saturday night that Denver Pierce said to me that they have to win and close it out on Saturday. They didn't do that twice last year, and that extra day helps. You have that extra day of rest, maybe that extra day to look at film or something like that, and that can prepare you a little better. When you're playing again, then you have to take Monday night off Monday off so you can recuperate, and then you have to do it, and eventually you're going to have to if you're going on the road. You'll have to leave like Wednesday, so you won't get that extra time, and uh, if Northern can close it out Saturday, I'd say their odds are a lot better in the championship game than if they would be if they had gone to three, because I think that's what stung them a little bit, maybe going into the Tech championship game last year. And probably stung Tech a little bit, too, because you didn't see a whole lot of goals. You know, it took a while to get any offense going. So, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting series. I, uh, I'm i prepared for three games. It could, very, it could very easily go two, but I think it's just, you know, since you, we just talked about stats, mm-hmm. you know, at length, the stats in hockey say that this is going to go three games. <laughs> so if I were talking about stats, I'm going to go by this, and I think it's going to go three. Well, I tell you what, these two teams come in, I wouldn't necessarily say on the bubble. I would say Bowling Green is on the bubble but on the wrong side of the bubble. Northern is receiving votes in the latest rankings, but they're going to need to win the championship to get in. I don't believe that they're going to make it as an at-large, very low uh, percentage chance of that happening. 
Who is going to want this series more? Just based on desire, who's going to want this more? Who's it more important to? Huh. Well... Because basically what I'm asking, can Bowling Green get to the WCHA championship, lose, and still try to get in that large bid? I don't. I think they're going to need that championship win. Um, Northern definitely needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a chance that Bowling Green loses to Northern this weekend and somehow sneaks in if there's some more upsets in some of the other pairwise rankings. Mm-hmm. But... I would say Northern needs it more because they're not going to get in unless they get to the championship game. So I would say Northern I, I would want it a little more, although there's a lot of want for Bowling Green. They've came close to making the NCAA tournament and ending that drought, but they've lost, you know, in just heartbreaking fashion. They lost last year to Northern, lost in the championship to Tech the year before up in Houghton. Um, I think it was in overtime and that, that was in their back of their minds, and that one year it looked like they were going to get in, and then they were the last team out. Mm-hmm. So, I think in the seniors this year they're like, "We've come close so many times. Let's try to finish the job." So I think they Northern may need it more, but maybe the desire <laughs> is a little more on Bowling Green's side, just because they've come so close and. You know, they haven't been able to get it. And the way they started this season, too, what a disappointment it would be. But we do know there's going to be a new WCHA tournament champion this year. Before we go to break, I'm asking this partly as a journalist, partly for my own reassurance, what have you. Notre Dame makes it again, per the bracketology. It says that right now they would be a 4C, number 15 in the pairwise. The Irish are taking on Minnesota this weekend in a best-of-three series in South Bend and a Big Ten semifinal. Other side, you've got Penn State against Ohio State. Does Notre Dame make it? What do they need to do? I think they need to win out to be able to do it because there's, I mean, yeah, they're in right now, but they lose to Minnesota, they're out. Can you know, they completely. get that large if they make the title game and lose to? Like, I think Ohio there's State. a. I, I think there's a possibility there, mm-hmm. but if they lose to Minnesota, they're done. Okay, it's over. Um, uh, <laughs> it's the whole semifinal thing is like if you're in the top twelve, if you lose in the semifinals, there's a chance you can get in. If you're below that, you pretty much need to get to the championship game. Maybe not win it, but at least get to that point. And uh, I, I'm back in Notre Dame. I think they're going to get past Minnesota. And the thing is. With the championship game and not it being a series, all you need is one good night. Yeah. And the other team need to have one bad night to get a championship. Um, that's going to be a lot easier. Like, let's say, Man- let's say Northern beats Bowling Green and they have to travel from Mankato next weekend. It'll be a lot easier to beat Mankato, sorry, beat Mankato in just one game than to try to get two out of them. It's going to be way too difficult. As you saw when Mankato came to town this year, it was a very, very difficult time for Northern to get up. You know, it was almost like a relief for that game to be over almost. It wasn't like 8-1 or 8-2. I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly. But North- Mankato did put up eight. So if I think if Northern gets past Bowling Green, it'd be, be- it's better that it's one game instead of... Two, it would two or three. It would sting them a lot more. I tell you what. While we're on college hockey, before we go to break, trivia question of the day. I think I finally found something that will stump you regarding college hockey. Okay. I'm I, maybe you're maybe I'm completely off base, but we'll give it a shot. Okay. Can I stump the Steeg? Uh, Arizona State having a fantastic season right now. They're in the top ten of the pairwise. They look like they're going to make it as an at-large team, being an independent. If and when Arizona State 
makes the national tournament this year, they will be the first team to do so as an independent since who? Alaska Anchorage. Gosh dang it. <laughs> dang Flabbit Ryan. <laughs> what year? 92. Oh my gosh, you're good. <laughs> Can't stump the Stig. Maybe next week. We'll no, give it another try, shot. There. Try another one. Um, the main reason I knew that is. You know, a couple of years ago, 2016, I did by big profile the national championship year when Northern won it, mm-hmm. and I talked to the players what it was like to play Alaska Anchorage in the tournament, who that year upset Boston College as mm-hmm. an at-large team, and then, you know, they made it back in 92, and then haven't been legitimately good since. So, <laughs> that that was the glory days of Alaska Anchorage. And, uh, so yeah, there, there's your staff for the day, Alaska Anchorage is the last team. I tell you what, we owe you a timeout. When we come back, we'll get to Kareem Hunt. NFL free agency continues to keep rolling on. Some moves being made. And then a few scandals this week. One you may not have heard about, but you probably need to if you're a college basketball fan. Next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Here is your Sports Center update. Tom Izzo earned his 600th career coaching win today as Michigan State topped Ohio State 77-70 in the Big Ten quarterfinals. Sparty will play tomorrow in the semis at 1 o'clock. Cristiano Ronaldo has been named the world's most famous athlete, according to ESPN. They create a list of the world's 100 most famous athletes based on an algorithm that incorporates internet searches, social media engagements, and endorsements. LeBron James, Lionel Messi, Neymar, and Conor McGregor round out the top five on the list. And finally, a pole vaulter for the Abilene Christian University track and field team recognized a photo of him on the news Wednesday. However, the face wasn't his. The photo had captured the photo was of his jump winning the Texas state championships in 2016, winning the pole vault title. However, somebody photoshopped their face over his, and they sent it along with their application to USC. He was admitted to the school on an athletic scholarship, and he was exposed as part of the college admission scandal earlier this week. Which I'll be writing in my column this weekend, so there's <laughs> there's a shameless plug there. But yeah, I mentioned there's a lot of Photoshop going on there. They they po- Photoshopped kids on water polo athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, as I point on the column, they generously... Um, Use dimensions. One kid is a recruit is actually five five. They said he was six one. <laughs> they, um, you know, you know, Lori Laughlin's kids were mm-hmm. admitted as crew members despite never being on crew. There's um, one guy who tried to get his kid into USC and Stanford as a kicker slash punter. Mm. So they photoshopped his head on a kicker punter player and then they made up the guy that this guy another guy was a long snapper despite not playing football so it's a it's a wacky scandal it really is and uh um Deadsman had some fun with it what they did is took a bunch of famous sports photos and you know marketed as hey usc look what we've done and one guy had his face over lebron james's block in the <laughs> NBA finals. and it's like hey you know we did cool stuff too you know so I thought it was funny, but, uh, yeah, that's USC right now. I tell you what, too many scandals to try and keep uh, up to date with. I'm still waiting to hear who's the biggest name in the Robert Kraft thing, because if 
there is no one bigger than who they've already revealed, I'm going to be a little... Disappointed? Yeah, maybe a little upset that Mm -hmm. we got all hyped up for that, and then it turns out to be nothing. Uh, There was a guy that was on the Dan Lebitard show earlier this week talking about something that he did was similar to this. He wanted to play football in college, didn't get any scholarship offers, so he took several other athletes and took their highlight films and mashed them up together and sent it off as his own, got a Division I scholarship to UTEP, and ended up going to the NFL, had a 15-year career. Well, how about that? That's insane. But He at least used it to his benefit, you know? <laughs> he got something out of he it. He got something out yeah. of it, exactly. Uh, Georgia Tech, you can't say the same thing, because they are the new biggest scandal in college basketball. It was revealed uh, just recently that... They are guilty of several recruiting violations and violations of NCAA rules per the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This is the thing. If you're going to cheat, at least be successful. Now, we're, be successful. we're talking about that. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to actually put the effort into doing something illegal or against the rules, be successful at what you're doing it. Because then not only are you wasting your own time, it even makes you look even worse because <laughs> it's like you couldn't even cheat and win. <laughs> you failed while you were cheating. So. Like a bounce in the first round of the ACC tournament to Notre Dame. What a terrible year. I mean, that's going to be your legacy. Mm-hmm. Not only did I lie and cheat, I didn't even do well with it. <laughs> I didn't get anything out of it. Here's the situation. Here's what happened that... Uh, led to these allegations. Back in 2016, former assistant coach Daryl LaBerry took a high school recruit who turned out to be Wendell Carter Jr., who's now in the NBA with the Chicago Bulls, and uh, was instructed to take him to a Georgia strip club to try to get him to want to come to Georgia Tech. That happens a lot. And the, the yeah, but the end of school funneled money. They gave him $300 to spend so that he would pick Georgia Tech have an assistant coach, take a recruit to a strip club, use school money to spend there, and then he commits to Duke over it. It didn't even matter in the end. You know, it says a lot about your program if even doing that <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't seal the deal for you. I mean, he, he was going to go to Duke anyway. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he was. Yeah. I mean, I just... Hey, look, if you, you, did you ever see the Pony Express Pony uh, 30 for 30 that they did about SMU's recruiting violations. I don't actually like documentaries. I hate knowing what happens at the end, so I don't watch documentaries. <laughs> Even 30 for 30s. I, I know. I like being surprised. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what I was saying is an interesting tale about their recruiting violations and how a lot of the shady stuff that they would do. And, uh, you know, like... Uh, um, Eric Dickerson showed up at school one day with a solid with a uh, gold colored Trans Am that he never had before, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden had. And it's it's interesting um, what the links that boosters and administrators will do to get the big name stars and uh, market those stars mm-hmm. and have those stars not make any money off of that. It's uh, it's. I love college sports so much, but there's so many problems with it. It's and there's so corrupt, and it's it's corrupt. There's always something. It's like every couple of weeks, it's some program, and uh, <laughs> doing something. It's either recruiting thing, or they're paying off something that they shouldn't happen, or they're pulling a Rick Pitino and doing his stuff. You know, it's just. Or pretending that kids are athletes and aren't and photoshopping faces on stuff. So it'd be nice to just go like one week 
you know, without something bad happening in college athletics. And it's almost always basketball or football. And these are like two in a span of three days at major universities. The fun thing about USC and some of the schools in that scandal, they were all like non-revenue sports, Mm -hmm. like soccer and sailing and rowing. I mean, it's... The maybe pole vault. Pe- yeah, pole vault. I mean, I mean, I guess if that's the route you want to take and you want to get into school that you can't get into, mm-hmm. pick a small revenue sport. Yeah, like the guy... The javelin. Yeah, I mean, the guy... Javelin? Who, who, javelin, that's there you go. Javelin. <laughs> um, and you have... I mean, try to be a football player or trying to pretend to be a basketball player... Coaches get so much film mm-hmm. and are actively out recruiting these people. They're going to know who you are, so you're not going to be able to fake something. Remember that one kid was a couple of years ago who um, who said he was going to Cal mm-hmm. to play football and actually had a ceremony where he did the whole hat thing in front of the school and picked Cal over two other schools. And then it got revealed that Cal wasn't even looking at him and no school was looking at him to play football. And... I mean, it's just, it's, these things are funny, but they're but they're stupid at the same time. Well, I tell you what, you talk about how Georgia Tech tried to cheat and then wasn't successful when mm-hmm. doing so. That incident with Wendell Carter was the primary incident. Here are a few secondary instances they've uncovered. Uh, potential tampering in which Ron Bell, a former friend, not even an assistant coach, but a friend of the current head coach, Josh Pastner, reportedly tried to convince Markel Crawford to transfer from Memphis. It was almost like the college version of tampering. Here's one that they actually did kind of get away with, or at least be successful with their cheating, if you want to call him a success. Josh Okogie, who's now with the Minnesota Timberwolves, was given clothing, meals, and plane tickets, which is a big no-no in college sports. <sighs> Okogie played there. I don't know if he was a success for them. Didn't really result in wins, but you know, they produced an NBA player. If it doesn't result in wins, was it really that much of a success for you? For Georgia Tech, probably. Hey, we had a guy. We had a guy. A, we had a guy on our team who ended up being successful after he left. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's and you know, and then I was mentioning you. NCAA is now looking at Kansas mm-hmm. football and basketball. Mm-hmm. What are you looking at for Kansas football? <laughs> like how? How bad did you get, and what caused you to get that bad? <laughs> How you went from one year making the Orange Bowl to almost having a winless season mm-hmm. a couple of years later? I mean, <sighs> that's what I want to know. What did they do that justifies an investigation when you've been so bad? I mean, that what, what were you doing during that time? That, that's my question. I tell you what, I uh, want to get to what's been going around in football here in the last few days, but I want to throw this stat of the day out there, and I know you're a hockey guy, so I've been saving it here for a few days because I know you'll appreciate it. Earlier this week, Evgeny Malkin scored his 1,000th career point. Him, along with Sidney Crosby, became just the fourth pair of teammates in NHL history to reach 1,000 points together. All their points came as teammates. There's only four combinations in NHL history where that's happened before. You have Gordie Howe and Alex Delvecchio, Brian Trottier and Mike Bossy, and then the Sedins. Pretty good list. Makes sense. Pretty yeah. good list, yeah. So congrats, Evgeny Malkin. I'm a Penguins guy, and earlier today, I don't know how much I trusted. It said they are a 99% chance to be a playoff team. So I'm happy about that. Well, with those two guys, you'd think they would you be. You would think they have to be. Those guys, Latang, Murray, Kessel, they got to be. The question is whether they're actually a cup contender. Mm, I don't know about that this year. Yeah. Maybe if they get Even, up, we, even with hot. those guys, 
by logic, you'd think they'd be more of a cup contender. You but, would think. But hey, once not, you get to the playoffs. They, yeah, they're, not, they're not playing consistently, I don't think, enough. But we'll see. Hey, I tell you what, before we get to the funnies, let's talk about what's been going on in the NFL. There's not enough time for me to describe how disappointed I am that Kareem Hunt's suspension was only eight games. I get it. You know, I'm sure he's done stuff to move on, what have you. I don't want to hold someone's past against them forever to the point where I say they're unemployable. I know what he did is heinous and everything. It's just, it's hard for me to try and try to say that, you know, we're just going to let him off scot-free. And I know he didn't get off scot-free, but eight games seems a little skimpy to me. I was thinking at least 12, at least. I was thinking the season. Yeah? Yeah. No. I would have gone that far. No. But uh, maybe, you know, not kick him out of the league, but at least a season. I mean, eight games is like slightly above half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's in the Chiefs are good enough to win without him. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he's eventually going to come back late in the year and help them as a playoff team. So I guess if you're going to go eight, wouldn't it be like the latter half of the year? You would think, yeah. Yeah, suspend him for the last half of the year. Yeah, you can play the first, (laughs) the first eight games, but the last eight is you getting into the postseason. No, you're done. I guess so. If you're going to go eight, go that route. But I would have gone the whole year. But that's me. Former Lion Golden Tate has a new home in New York. He's not quite Odell Beckham, but he's an Dame guy, so I'm happy with it. Four years. I don't know that I like the money though for a guy who's over thirty, thirty-seven million dollars, and he's thirty-one years old. Well, the Giants are making a lot of weird decisions. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. They're they're making moves. Marcus Golden came in on the defensive line, and you know they're making moves. I just don't know if they're the right moves. Isn't this team rebuilding in a way? Yeah, it's a weird way to rebuild. It's a very weird. And I'll say, I don't, I don't even trust that they're going to take a quarterback at number six overall anymore. I think they're going to they go. They should, line. but they probably should. But I don't think that they're going to. I think they're going to try and take. A lineman, whether it's offense or defense, at number six, and then try to try to pick up Drew Locke or Daniel Jones in the late first, early second round. Okay, that's what I'm thinking they're going to do. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure what to think about them anymore. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater decides to re-sign with the New Orleans Saints. Former Vikings quarterback. I've always rooted for him. I felt so bad at the the way his career just kind of derailed and what have you. Had the choice whether to stay in New Orleans, even though. Sean Payton might not be there in a year and he's getting paid less than $10 million or go home to Miami where he in all likelihood is going to be a bridge quarterback while Miami tanks and tries to draft a new quarterback next season, whether that's they got rid of Tannehill, right? Right. (laughs) And Tannehill's already on his way to Tennessee. He's probably the highest paid backup quarterback in the last decade. And he's going to play a significant role for this team because Mariota is not physically capable of staying healthy for more than nine games in a season. Hmm. I, uh, I was thinking he was probably going to go to Miami mm-hmm. just because, you know, he could be locked in right away, whereas he's going to be Breeze's backup. Unless he's going to be seen as, like, the heir apparent mm-hmm. to Drew Breeze. And I but can't it, imagine that. No. I mean, is he is he going to be okay with just... You know, I'm on a team that'll get me a Super Bowl, even though I won't have to do much. <laughs> and I don't know that that's going to happen. I mean, a lot of their success is because of Drew Brees. And the thing is, if they're not good with Teddy as quarterback, they are going to tank. And that's that fan base is so passionate. They've had such good football for the last how many years. That's not going to be acceptable to them. And they have the least amount of cap space of any team in the NFL. So if they are bad with Teddy as their starting quarterback, they can't go out and sign any help for him. I, I mean, like... 
maybe like he's here to win a like Drew Brees will win him a Super Bowl and he just gets to sit on the bench and then maybe come in when Drew Brees retires, plays a few games and I don't know, finds a better job or something. I don't know. But uh I I mean, it's a sweet gig, you know, mm-hmm. you get to line up behind somebody, hold that Microsoft Surface, you know, <laughs> tablet, you know, here, Drew, this is what you did wrong and all that jazz. So I guess it works for him. I hope he finds success because I loved him a lot when he was with the Vikings. He got such a raw deal with that injury. Yeah. I was hoping he'd catch on somewhere. You know, it's a decent opportunity for him. And I just hope that after Breeze retires that he can get something on his own and I'm hoping he him. just succeeds wherever yeah. mm-hmm. I, he's a guy you want to root for mm-hmm. last thing before we go to break last thing touch on the NFL a year ago the big question surrounding Joe Flacco was is he elite well we know the answer to that question but John, John Elway, Elway gives him a new word for us to consider prime. prime John Elway says that Joe Flacco is in his prime at the age of 34 no <laughs> <laughs> Well, How is he so bad at finding quarterbacks or assessing their worth? If he thinks 34 is prime and a guy who is unseated mm-hmm. as a starter for Lamar Jackson. A wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> then what? what is your evaluation process, John? Didn't we talk about this last week that John Elway mm-hmm. hates, any, hates any quarterback that could be better than he is? Like he got Manning to try to win the Super Bowl to prove that he's a good GM. Mm-hmm. But now that Manning like overshadowed him a little bit, now that Manning's gone, okay, I'm going to go with mediocrity just so nobody looks better than me. That's why I went with Paxton Lynch. That's why I had Brock Osweiler. That's why I, Trevor Simeon, mm-hmm. you know, it's... I'm going to go bad. <laughs> and Joe Flacco's like, okay, you're getting a decent quarterback. Is yeah. that just be like, okay, see, I'm doing something to help the team, mm-hmm. but not something that will like legitimately make us a contender. Right. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's like, oh, John, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I tell you what, Ryan Stieg in the studio with us. Friday Funnies when we come back to finish the week in the sports pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to Enter Hoops. Ryan Stieg with you Friday afternoon. Just about ready to end the work week. You're telling me off air, Blaine Gabbard just got released. Can't say that's too much of a surprise now that Ryan Tannehill is the new backup in town in tough Tennessee. Break, tough, break, tough break for Blaine. Tough scene. No, never came up, never caught on. Poor guy. Oh, I tell you what, uh, it's not funny for Blaine. Not funny for us, or at least it shouldn't be either. But we do have Friday funnies to finish out the week. We've got five minutes here. Uh, Browns fan got way too excited mm. about Odell Beckham Jr. coming with the thing. Screamed in his house, came out the door, ran up and down the street, waving his arms, screaming. Apparently there's like a video of him doing it mm. where he's yelling out, you know, we got ODP, and he's screaming all over the place. Someone called the cops on him oh, no. because they were afraid that what he was doing, that he was losing his mind or something like that. And then they figured out he was just celebrating too much. It's a funny story just because overreaction on that guy's part and then the overreaction by the guy, person who called the police. Hey, Cleveland the fans haven't been able to celebrate like that in a long time. A couple years. Much different reaction for me when I found out about yeah, the lo- trade. Yeah. I, I am proud of myself, though. No explicitives, no potty mouth words. It is Lent season after all. <laughs> it is Lent season after all. Eastern Washington University basketball down by one. Four seconds left in their tournament semifinal. Mm-hmm. So the female basketball player takes the inbound, 
throws it off her opponent's butt, collects the loose ball, puts in a layup, wins the game. Hmm. Pretty smart. I, yeah. It's a creative way of it doing it. It is a creative it. way. Yeah. And it's legal. Yeah. I just thought maybe you'd go with, like, the foot thing. Yeah. But apparently, you know, if you throw it, like, in that way, it'll directly come back to you right. instead of veering off out of bounds. Or so. they'll, think they'll call foul if you hit their Achilles Yeah, or something, or something like, like that. that. Yeah. So, yeah, a, br- a brilliant strategy mm-hmm. on her, her part. Uh, do you see the one with the Texas Stars, the wacky goal? I didn't. The Texas Stars, which is Dallas's affiliate. It's where Robbie Payne is right yeah. now, by the way. Used to be the Iowa Stars. Yep. Um Okay, so some guy shot a puck off the boards, mm-hmm. the backboards. Goalie goes out to, you know, get it. But the puck doesn't go near the goalie. It comes back and then veers at a sharp right angle off the far post and in the net. Now, if you see the replay, it doesn't make it like defies physics in mm-hmm. a way because there's nothing there that would make it go out toward the far post. People have said it's like a wizard was at the game because the puck just comes back and then juts in the goal like it hits something, even though there's nothing there. It's a bizarre thing. If you find it on social media, it's all over the place. So. You talked about angels in the outfield. It's kind of like <laughs> yeah. when Al the Angel was moving the, yeah, moving the ball moving around. The, moving the puck around with his finger or something like that. So, I actually uh, have an Iowa Stars jersey. Might really? Might wear that here, to, here next You should week. bust that out. Yeah. yeah, we'll give it a shot. Um, you hear about Tim Miles, Nebraska head yes. coach? His team's it. about to beat Wisconsin. Yeah, biffed it on the way to the tunnel. Mm. Yeah, after his team beat Rutgers, he's all excited, run off the court, trips over himself, falls on the floor, gets up, does the safe signal, like from baseball, and then jokes about it in the press conference. So that that's a fun little highlight for, you know, and then he, he, I think he said in the press conference, it happens because I'm old. So... There you go. <laughs> Let me correct myself. Wisconsin's come back and taken a lead, 57-53, 3.24 to go. Do you hear about James Dolan? Oh, yeah. Kicking out the fan? Oh, yeah. Kicks out a fan because the fan yelled at him and said, you should sell the team. Dolan blows his top, has the fan kicked out of the arena. Is he the most thin-skinned owner? Mm-hmm. And he's trying his darndest to show what a dumpster fires organization is and free up all that cap space to attract nobody. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's a bold strategy. Him and Kevin Durant, they would be the most thin-skinned team <laughs> in NBA history. Maybe belongs on the Knicks. Maybe. Um, here's Stephen A. Smith, what he did. Mm, which one? Which time? Well, the most recent one was he mistook a, a punter for a quarterback oh, on the Redskins. Geez. Stick to basketball, Stephen A. They were talking about how, you know, all the quarterbacks that they've gone through in the Redskins, and he tried to list them and threw out a punter. And then try to cover it up the next day saying, well, I think he threw a pass while he was there. So I was just listing guys who threw a pass with the Redskins, and it, it was bad. He like tried to cover up his stupid mistake by looking even more stupid. So <sighs> I don't understand that. If, uh, if you make a mistake, because it happens, you know, it's like freezing cold takes. Mm-hmm. You know, when they do that, you know... If I made a bad cold take, you know, just accept it. Yeah, I made a bad take. Because people respect you more mm-hmm. if you do that. If you do, if you get all defensive about it and flip out, it just shows you don't have a sense of humor about yourself, and that's where you make it worse. So It was a tough week for Stephen A. Smith. He was getting roasted on first take today. Him and Max Kellerman both because they're fans of Pittsburgh and the New York <laughs> Giants NFL teams. And Will Kane is in a position where his team is in a better chance. They have a better, more optimistic-looking future than either of those two do. So they were getting roasted in their own show today. Nice. Mm. Last one. 
guy. Okay, so Italy's having a bike race. Okay, you know they're you know bike races are big overseas, especially in Europe. Okay, so they're going through the streets. A guy walked in front of the bike race, caused two guys to spill, big crash. Okay, so they're making sure everybody's okay. The two guys that were hit the most finish up the race, and then it's a long race, so it continues in the next day and all that jazz. So. Well, later that same day, a woman walked out with her dog mm. in front of the same crew, and they plowed into her. Oh, and so, you know, are, are you not aware that there's a bike race coming through your neighborhood? <laughs> like, you would have thought, like, you know, hey, these guys are coming around the bend on bikes. This is probably not the best time I walk across the street. <laughs> but apparently not. So maybe they're in Italy. Maybe Italians have weird... <laughs> ways to go about stuff but there you go i tell you what ryan steeg is in the studio with us that's it for us let's call it a week appreciate you as always see you yep. a couple of hours at the berry yep gonna be fun all right i'm tanner hoops signing off thanks again for tuning in here's our coaches show if you missed it from earlier on espn up